Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses. We all on our telephones with the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Mas Fina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Today, right now, it's myself, Jim Suhan, and Roy Smalley. We're going to talk about the World Series and the Twins, and we do appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Our sponsor is Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. By the way, best best way to listen to this show or any show you like on the network Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. So, Roy, you and I were chatting off the air, and I was just thinking about the fact that as good as the Dodgers have been, and at times as great as the Dodgers have been, as well-funded as they are, as great as their farm system's been, they've won one World Series title since 1988. They've won fewer titles than the Florida Marlins since 1988. I, I'm not sure how to get my head around that. I'm not also not sure what it means. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means either. I think I suspect that it means more about uh, makeup of teams uh, these days and how in a in a playoff format of a, a series of series that um, you know any team can beat any other team and and it really comes down in the final analysis. It, it just comes down to, like in the case of the World Series, uh, or even the even the League Championship Series in both um, in both leagues, uh, it just comes down to what pitchers and hitters uh, live up to or exceed how they you know n- normally would uh, play over a 162 game season uh, schedule, and, and I think that's I, I, for me that's the that that's the takeaway, and, and I think there's there are some things to say. Well, that's that it's too bad that you know a team like the like the Phillies can come from uh, the sixth seed and and end up you know taking the Astros to uh, a, a tough game six. Uh, and the same with um, you know people uh, able to uh, beat the Dodgers uh, with that club that they have. But on the other hand, it 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 adds a tremendous amount of excitement and, and allows more star players to uh, be watched and uh, have an opportunity to um, do the things that they do. For example, Bryce Harper going off in the, in the postseason. I mean, that, it, uh, it, they were six seed. Maybe they shouldn't have been there, but in this format, they were not only were they there, but we all got a chance to see guys like Bryce Harper do what they do. Yeah, and of course, in this market, we always have to remind people, the 87 Twins won 85 regular season games, and then they ended up being built perfectly for the postseason, uh, you know, not needing as many starting pitchers, uh, excellent position players, guys who could play in the clutch. Uh, so I don't think, you know, I, I, I sometimes am accused of writing differently about different sports, different teams in town, and the accusations are absolutely right, because I think different sports 
are different. And I think baseball, I think the postseason is so random. I don't think that, uh, you know, it's obviously an aberration that the Twins can get destroyed by the Yankees time after time after time. But, you know, I, I don't know how much to judge. It's like you put all that together and it looks terrible. But I don't know that I can pick out any one series they had against the Yankees and say, boy, they should have won that. Or, you know, I I guess what I'm saying is that I don't draw the grand conclusions from postseasons that maybe some people do, not in baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I think uh, I, I, it's kind of a nice combination, isn't it? You, you watch if you're if you're a real baseball fan, meaning you watch X number of games out of the 162 that are played. I mean, it, I don't know what the number would be that would signify a fair amount of games watched, but whatever that number is, let's let's say um, you watch the the 162 game season and and you see, you pretty much see why the teams finish where they do at the end. And, and you can admire teams for having the, you know, the being able to run that marathon to use the, you know, off used, uh, oft used uh, term about 162 games virtually every day. And so you, you get, you become admiring of the caliber of the team and, and it, that, it takes to you know, to win after playing 162 games, uh, and but then it's then it's different. Then it's the caliber of the team that can win in a in a five game series and seven two se- and a couple of seven game series, you know. And and that's um, it, it. It adds another. It, it, well, I guess what we're both saying, but it, it adds another level of enjoyment and, and excitement and uh, and fun to see teams that uh, all have players that are, are really exciting to watch in the postseason. They, 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 and so you get to see, like I just said, I mean, you get to see uh, a lot of great players in the postseason in, you know, in real dramatic fashion. I mean, the, the postseason baseball is just intense, obviously. And, and to see intensity – and to see a lot of really great players play in an in, in, in intense uh, format like that, I just think it's fun. Oh, I agree. It's great entertainment. Uh, now, the Astros end up winning it all. Uh, and my the two things that jump to mind for me watching them win is, A, uh, great for Dusty Baker. Uh, great to see him win a World Series as a manager. Uh, it's a long time coming. And I don't usually use the word deserved in sports. Usually you get what you get, but I think he deserved a, a World Series championship. And B, you know, it makes you wonder if the Astros had to cheat to win the last one. They could have done it cleanly and then we'd be we'd be uh praising the heck out of that organization for what they've done for the last in the last ten years. I agree on both counts. Um I my I was watching with a lot of family members. Um uh and you know, sons in laws and uh, him, my son and and uh, both of my daughters are, you know, are fans. And I, I think everybody, everybody but me wanted, uh, wanted the Phillies to win because they, they still have not forgiven the Astros. Um, and, and I wanted the Astros to win uh, for uh, two reasons. Dusty Baker being the primary one. 
And uh, the other is that there are not a lot of holdovers from the, the cheating team. There, there are a few important ones, but not a, not a lot of holdovers. It's a different team. Dusty's done a phenomenal job. We got to see the better team win because those guys that uh, are playing for the Astros are, are really good. Uh, you know, up and down the lineup, and, and especially from Verlander all the way back to Presley in the pitching staff. And so it, I, I was happy. I, I was really, really happy for, for Dusty. I, I kind of want to put the cheating thing, you know, behind us. And I, I, it's like shame on that 2017 team that felt like they had to cheat to win because they, I'm with you, they probably, they probably did not. Um, but I got to tell you, Dusty Baker is just, and he's just one of the great guys um, in the world, not just in the baseball world, but in the world. He, he's, uh, I, I think he's deserving. I, I, I will say I think he's, he deserves it. And the reason I think he deserves it is because he took over a franchise that was in a mess and, and uh, in terms of public perception and in terms of potential psychology on the team and all kinds of things. And and he did a he did a terrific job. He managed really well this year, and especially in the postseason. And he's he is just he's just such a good guy. He's been a good manager for a long time. And you want to see guys like that get at least one World Series win. Somebody that manages a long time and has been it's been a good manager and a good guy. You'd love to you love to see that. And I'll give you just a little indication of what kind of guy Dusty is. I was in Houston. Uh, this year with the ball club doing the broadcast. And I went out on the field to watch the Astros hit. And um, uh, Craig Vigio was out there, you know, said hello to him. Reggie Jackson was doing some things with the Astros. He came over and said hello to me. And we, we talked for a while. But I really was out there uh, because I was hoping to get a chance to to see Dusty, just to say hello. I mean, we, we, were, not, uh, we were not great Friends, I mean, I, we we overlapped in our careers um, a, a little bit, and then he finished up uh, in the American League. So I played against him. I think he was designated hitting for the uh, Oakland A's at late in his career, uh, and uh, later in mine. And so we knew, you know, of each other, and has said hello in the past, and been at events, and you know, said hello, and he's always been friendly. But um, he, we aren't. We aren't really, really you know, close. We haven't spent a lot of time. My only point is, I wanted to talk to him about Verlander. I it just, I just wanted his take on what you know, what made uh, made up Verlander, his whole makeup. And so I'm waiting there, and sure enough, here comes Dusty. Comes out, greets you know a lot of people, sees me from about 15, 20 feet away, walks over to me, you know smiling, holding out his hand to shake hands and said, there's that guy with that beautiful, sweet swing. And I went, huh. he, he, he doesn't have to do that kind of stuff. You know, he, he didn't have to say that. And I mean, he could have come up and said, Hey Roy, how you doing? And I'd have been, I'd have been happy <laughs> that he remembered, you know, and, and for him to, for him to not only remember, but to think of that to say, I, I just thought it was indicative of, you know, the kind of guy that he is. 
Well, that's all really cool and well said. I'm glad you told me about that. That's that's a great moment. He also reminds me, and I, I think the first time I was around him for an extended period of time was the 2002 World Series back when I used to cover the World Series all the time. And, you know, getting to cover a seven-game series with Dusty and a really fun Angels team was an absolute blast. Uh, and and the way Dusty carried himself. And it just reminds me, there are all kinds of uh, organizations in the world that hire you know, high-level PR people to kind of tell them exactly what to say and, and how to manage every situation. And here's Dusty Baker, who just does better than any firm could have done by coming in and not being defensive and understanding that the questions are going to be asked and just hand, handling them with grace, understanding that eventually the questions will die down because there's only so there are only so many ways and times you can ask them, and just presenting himself as a classy figure that that just calmed the seas. Uh, it doesn't mean that there won't be, as you said, there won't, doesn't mean that some people still won't hate the Astros forever, but he made it impossible to hate the Astros because of anything they're doing now, which was really masterful, whether he intended it that way or not. Yeah, totally agree. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. All of the above. Uh, so, and again, you and I were talking off the air. You, you really enjoyed the series, didn't you? I did. And uh, I kind of alluded to it, uh, I think, our last couple of shows. But uh, these were two teams that were so similar, I, I thought, uh, after, you know, watching the Phillies, um, you know, run through the, the playoffs. Uh, and you looked at how they were doing it. And, and they did it pretty much the way the Astros did it, right? They, they had good starting pitching. They had a good bullpen. Uh, they hit the ball and they caught the ball. Uh, I, I mean, remarkable how well played defensively, you know, the world series was right. I mean, there, I don't remember anybody making an error. It, it probably was some, but I don't, I don't remember it. Uh, there weren't very many and it was a very well defensed game uh, series. And because the, Phillies bullpen stepped up and because the first five hitters or at least the first four for the Phillies uh, in the Phillies lineup stepped up, they ended up being very, very similar uh, teams, very well matched teams. And it was, then it was just exactly what we were talking about. Just, okay, you're, you're both really good. And here's this really good pitcher against this lineup. And here's this really good pitcher against that lineup and who wins, you know, who's going to win those individual battles. And I mean, it went down to game six when uh, once again, Jordan Alvarez uh, proved who he is and <laughs> making another case of being Superman, you know, hitting a 450 foot shot off a nasty left-hander throwing hundred miles an hour. And it, when it comes down to that, and that's how the world series is won after five really good ball games. Um, then, then, you know, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, series to watch has been a great series for the game it's, as a whole and you know good on both of those teams next question is uh are there any lessons that the twins can learn from either of these teams or this postseason once again I want to thank corona the in- official import beer sponsor of the minnesota twins and the presenting sponsor of the chin music show here at talknorth.com uh tons of good shows john krasinski's show the Viking Update show, uh, Worst Seats in House with Russo and LaPanta, uh, John Millay on preps, Jeff Diamond on the Vikings team he used to run. 
Uh, we always have so many shows. I can never remember them all. Uh, Mike Grimm's go Gopher podcast, Dave Lee's, uh, first concert show. Check it out. Just go to talknorth.com and check it all out. Again, the best way to listen to whatever show you want to listen to subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Uh, it's probably, and sometimes it's a false premise. Sometimes there's a grain in there that you can, you can get at. Is there anything that the twins can learn from what they saw this postseason? Well, I, I mean, here's what I, here, here's what I think. Uh, the fir- not the first thing, but one, I, I think there's two main points that stood out to me. The first one is uh, a validation or, uh, of, or at least an example uh, of what I've been saying, as you know, for a long time, which is if you're going to win, you've got to have somebody hitting fourth, maybe third, but or one of those two, third or fourth. That is just the man, right? And the Twins had Nelson Cruz, and and they they had their best offensive seasons when you know when he was here, the best ones in a long time. And you look at what the Astros had, and they had a three-four combination of Alvarez and Bregman. And as good as Alvarez was, Bregman is just so everyday, solid, dependable, drive-in runs, get big hits against tough pitching. Uh, kind of uh, kind of hitter, and then you look over at and so I mean I think that's I think that was an example of what I've been talking about, and you look at the Phillies and the Phillies had uh, you know had the same kind of uh, thing in um, in Bryce Harper uh, hitting fourth. Now they also had the great advantage of having a guy hit forty some home runs and Schwarber leading off, uh, which is a uh, that's a that's a completely different. Uh, addition to uh, offense, and you know that worked for the Phillies. But uh, there's two guys in the first four for them, and two guys in the first four, and I'm not even counting Altuve or uh, Houston. That you know they're they know they're the guys, and they have to do it, and they did it. That's what that's what that's <clears throat> that's necessary, in my opinion. Second one is uh, the bullpen, and I think what we saw, and not just in the playoffs particularly in the playoffs, but, but, but not just in the playoffs. In today's game, with a relative lack of, uh, you know, of starting pitches to a point that nobody's got, nobody's got four or five uh, nasty ones, good teams have, have three. Uh, the Astros are uh, – they, they may border on on four but they you know they've got they've got three Phillies had had two and change kind of in this game uh, today's game either the the teams don't have enough starting pitching or the starting pitching they have is going to go six innings at best because whether it's just because that's they throw too many pitches or whether it's because teams are protecting arms or you know what, whatever it is, and I think what jumps out is that you better have the ability to pitch throughout the bullpen day in day out, starting in the sixth. And it's not just enough to have the ninth covered anymore, or the even the eighth and ninth, which I think the Twins do now. I think it's going to be really important for the Twins to be able to pitch. Um, after the starting pitchers two outs in into the fifth, or it just or makes it to the sixth inning is one out in, into the sixth, 
Uh, they, teams that have to – what we saw in the, in the – certainly in the playoffs and World Series, sixth and seventh innings as important as the eighth and ninth, and, and you got to have lockdown guys. I mean, you have to just – if you can't find, you know, three or four or five great starters, then you got to find guys that can't be starters but can be locked down in the sixth or seventh. You know those those kind of guys, and maybe the Twins have that now. I think they're getting closer. But th- to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I mean, I, I think those two things: it, just a stud, in at least one stud hitting fourth, and then a, a lockdown bullpen, a day-in day-out lockdown bullpen. Who in the Twins organization do you think has the best chance of becoming? Uh, that Nelson Cruz type figure in the middle of the order, or is that person outside the organization? I just haven't seen it um, in uh, the organization uh, here I, uh, yet. Um, I don't. I don't know that it's. Um, I, I don't. I just don't know that they uh, that, that they have it. Um, Miranda has got a chance to be a really fine hitter uh, and we'll see over the next two years where he goes from this wonderful first year that he had uh, this year. Uh, I still think Polanco is a, is a 300 hitter with, with power extra and, and extra base, you know, on base plus slugging uh, big numbers. He'd had a really off year this year. If he can ever stay healthy, um, you know, I think I, I think he could be a really good second or third hitter. Uh, I think should they sign Correa, I think he proved what he's going to be in one of the first, you know, three spot, you know, second or third. But I just don't see, you know, I don't see a uh, Bryce Harper. I, you know, I don't see a Nelson Cruz. I, you know, I don't see a Bregman yet, uh, or a, uh, certainly uh, Alvarez. Um, you know, we still don't know about Buck. You know, Byron Buxton. You know, could be uh, he could be Kyle Schwarber with uh, you know with 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 speed and and batting average. We, we 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 don't know, but I haven't. You know, I just haven't seen you know Freddie Freeman. Um, just don't just don't know yet. I think they hope Josh Donaldson would be that guy. He wasn't that guy for whatever reason. I also think they thought they had that guy in Kirilov, and Kirilov has not been that guy because of injuries. We don't know if he ever would be that guy if he was healthy for two or three straight years. But even but you know, even if he's healthy, he's, he might be a year or two or three away from developing into that kind of complete hitter. We just haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, that's that's to me why this. Postseason is going to be, uh, or this offseason is going to be so interesting. You know, when you when you talk to Alvy, when you talk to the front office, you know they they want to win. They want to win now, and they don't have a couple of key pieces that are really hard to acquire. Yeah, that's really is really true. They're they're hard to acquire, and, and you know, I you can win without without a. You know, a Freddie Freeman, Nelson Cruz, Bryce Harper, Jordan Alvarez, Bregman—you know—kind of, kind of guy. It's harder. Uh, I think we've seen that, but you can win. And the reason it, the reason it's harder is kind of like, 
you know, having to have your bullpen fit, pitch four innings, you know, uh, a night um, or, you know, three one night and four the next and, and two the next and back to four. I mean, it, it's because you have to have more guys not having off nights or off weeks or, or, or slumps. And, and so I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Polanco uh, not having his uh, best year, thinking about uh, Kirilov being hurt, thinking about Buck being hurt, thinking about Kepler. I mean, you, I said, I, I said for a long time, I just thought that Kepler it was going to be one of the keys to the, to this lineup. And it's just never, and I shouldn't say never, it has not happened uh, to this point, except for the, except for the year, a, couple, a few years ago when he hit, 30 some and, and had a terrific, uh, terrific year. Um, he, he's, I, I've always felt like Max Kepler would be a, a really great fifth spot in a lineup, big RBI guy, hit home runs, uh, protect guys up, you know, in third, hitting third and fourth. He'd be one of those guys when you try to, ex- you need to extend the lineup. If you don't have a, a big bopper, you know, okay, you've got to extend the lineup down just to seven guys at least. And the Twins, even with Buck healthy and with Polanco swinging it well, Correa swinging it okay. Now the now Miranda, you know, shows up. You still beyond that, you still didn't get consistent um, extension of the lineup through, you know, at least seven, if not if not eight. And so it's. It just makes it tougher. It, it 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 demands that instead of four guys carrying the club like they like happened for the most part in, with the uh, Phillies and the Astros in the series, you need seven guys, and that's that's really hard to accomplish. If you'd like to advertise with the show, know any business that would like to be heard on this program, you can reach our sales executive Karen Cleary K C L E A R Y at talknorth.com. Thanks again to our producer Brandon Morton. Thanks again to Corona. Uh, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins, the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. Final thought, do you have any musical thoughts? I'll start while you think about it by just congratulating uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis making into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after growing up and and working their magic in this market. Uh, This is, you know, it, it really is amazing when you think back of all the creativity, all the great artists that came out of Minneapolis in the Prince era and uh, Jimmy and Terry, you know, took it, took it as high to a high level as you can uh, working with Janet Jackson, so many great artists, just a cool thing to see some Minneapolis natives going into the rock and roll hall of fame. Do you have a musical or cultural thought for us today, Roy? Uh, Real quickly, I was uh, uh, over at uh, my daughter and son-in-law's house. One one of my daughters and sons-in-law and he had, um, YouTube TV up and we were just flipping around. We listening to uh, listening and watching music and his and my uh, one of my his and my favorite things to do is to is to uh, go to Daryl's house and, and mm-hmm. watch the Daryl Hall uh, uh, stuff that he does with various artists in in that studio that he's got at, at his house. It's just so much fun. We listen to him playing uh, with. Uh, doing OJ songs and CeeLo songs and uh, ZZ Top. So, I mean, they're just, it's great. We had, we were having a great time. One of the things that we did was watch, speaking, you, you brought this to mind when you're talking about Jim, uh, Jimmy and Terry. Um, 
we watched the the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. Uh, with a special on Prince doing that the the, uh, the halftime in the pouring rain and doing and and finishing with Purple Rain had the whole crowd uh, singing the um, the whoa 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 woes <laughs> on Purple Rain. It was just it was it, it just gave me chills. I, I, I had forgotten that he uh, uh, like most things that Prince decided he wanted to own. He owns Super Bowl halftime. So let me run through my story. Um, I'm in Miami covering that Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin Seifert now covering the Vikings for ESPN, my friend who was covering the Vikings. So I was, I guess I was doing columns or something. Anyway, we're down there covering the, the Super Bowl together. Uh, the halftime performer always put on a press conference midweek. And so, you know, we usually didn't go. It's usually just somebody up there who didn't want to be there answering some silly questions uh, from sports writers. And then, and you know, it's always, it was always a throwaway. So it's going to be Prince. So Kevin and I go, Kevin goes earlier than me, gets like front row center seats. I think I'm in the second row, a little bit off his left shoulder. So we both were in Miami this year to cover the Dolphins Vikings game. And that gave us reason to pull up the video. Prince comes, you know, Prince didn't just go in and do a press conference. Prince brings his whole band in to the podium and he goes up there and says no questions and they just start jamming and they played like 10 songs we went to a prince concert at the miami convention center during super bowl week and it was loud and it was great uh and he played his ass off and then we then we cover the super bowl and we're both sitting outside in kind of the aux seats and it's raining and prince is like you know 50 yards away from us and we got to, basically got to see two Prince concerts in one week, just because we are idiot sports writers. It was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> that's really, that's really cool. And, and you know, he was just known for doing, you know, spontaneously great, sometimes crazy, sometimes silly stuff. And just one of the things that was endearing about him. But you know, besides the fact that, arguably, is I mean, you can make a case for him being the best guitarist ever. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm yeah. And you, you don't if if you just want to talk about who plays the damn instrument the best, he's you know first or tied for first. Uh, we can talk about you can give credit to Hendrix and and Chuck Berry and other people for kind of inventing genres. But if you just want to talk about who played it the best, I, I just don't know anybody who's better. Yeah, I I agree. So I, I I'm glad you brought up uh, Jimmy and Terry. Uh, real well, obviously well deserving, just titans in the in the industry and. And really, and really good guys, by the way. Also, I don't know if you got a chance to know them. I really don't know them. No, no, they're just really, really solid guys, and and uh, I've I've enjoyed knowing them a little bit over the years. But um, you know, good for, that just reminded me of of watching that rewatching that halftime. Then your story. I was going to bring up. Uh, I, I was going to bring up a completely different genre. I, I got some jazz to talk about. I know that you've gotten into jazz here lately. I've, yeah. I got some jazz to talk about for people that might be starting, you know, wanting to think about it, or even if they're not thinking about it, um, I'm going to suggest a way to start listening and then maybe they will think about it. But that's a uh, conversation for next time. Cool. Okay. Well, we got some music to talk about next time. That'll be fun. Uh, thanks, Roy. Enjoyed it. Uh, we will bring Lavelle back into the conversation next show. Uh, thanks again to Brandon, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.